Hello, guys, and welcome back to the podcast with myself, Dara Allen, and Mr. Alexander Freshwater. So today we're going to touch on the topic of contest prep because we're at a point now where the season is starting to pick up pace. Um, a lot of people are probably getting ready a few weeks out or they're either starting their preps for later in the year. And it's really, really exciting time. Uh, I'm as well just off the back of a few shows as well. So a lot of these topics will be pretty fresh in my mind and um, can just give some, some pretty decent insight to this as well. So this season consisted for me so far of four shows. Um, so we can kind of discuss different approaches taken again depending on where you are within your prep itself what level of condition you're at what look you're trying to go for on stage um and how to kind of manage the in-between phase and maybe off the back end of it as well but that is a topic that we will discuss at length on a future episode with a special guest to be announced so essentially contest prep let's get into it alex go for it what is contest prep? What so, is contest? Let's just say prep, and then we kind of discuss the prep contest. So, like prep is basically taking you from peak off season and getting you ready for stage and absolutely peeled out of your mind. So, for each individual, it's slightly different. There's no two paths taking the same. Um, <clears throat> for example, my prep was twelve weeks. Whereas your last prep was <laughs> double, nearly. Exactly. Yeah, we ran 21 weeks, I believe, from official start date of prep to the last show. Yeah. Well, mine was mine, mine was 22 in total. For oh, yeah, but you, you were still peeled for the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I was, that was probably my best look. <laughs> like, I was, I was too fucking ready. <laughs> um, but it's like, it, you know, every, everyone's uh, completely different in terms of what it is that they, they do in order to get to stage. Um, and for me, personally, I fucking love prep. Yeah. Like, I like the structure. I like the process. I like, I like the volume of food. <laughs> like, compared to off-season, it's a completely different kettle of fish. For me, personally, I find off-season the most challenging part um, compared to prepping. The only real thing that I have to deal with in prep is fatigue um, and managing that and making sure that I'm not completely fucked. Yeah. Like me and postponing multiple podcast episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Dara, do you want to put two podcasts? And uh, no reply. <laughs> and it's, like, okay. it's like, I really want to, but my brain doesn't work. Like, I would have been here like giving yes or no answers or maybe not even having the energy and just be like nodding. Or like just yeah. <laughs> two clicks. Was it Morse code? I'll sit here with a flashlight. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, prep itself. This is going to be pretty much the same as well, like for a photo shoot prep. But like, obviously, there's maybe a lesser need for condition. Um, you're not being compared to anyone else. It's just you and the cameraman, and obviously, he's going to get your best angles. Um, and it's probably something I'd recommend to people doing prior to a competition prep, or maybe in tandem with, or maybe. On a photo shoot prep, you then drop the idea, you drop the, the hint of, okay, maybe we'll take this on stage in a few more weeks after the photo shoot. Um, but yeah, so essentially we're it's an extended dieting phase to get you to as lean as possible with maintaining as much muscle tissue as possible. And that is the same for males and females. 
females who still want to keep as much tissue as possible because there's not that much there. Same thing for men. There's less muscle mass there than what you think. There's a lot more body fat to come off than what you think. So myself, for example, we started prep. I'm actually going to give a side topic as well and talk about maintenance phase to remind me to go through that. But we started prep objectively at 117 kilo. Um, and lowest weigh-in on prep was 92.7. So it was 25 kilo off in 21 weeks. So pretty extensive. Now that was peak flatness. We did, again, we'll go into the topic of like peaking itself. Um, we did carb up, hit like 99 kilo. And then when fluids came out, we dropped back to like 95-ish. So 95 was me sitting full with like minimal fluid. That was my best look. That was for the two bros show. Um, Whereas, yeah, so the topic of a maintenance phase as well is like a really, really important factor to do prior to your prep itself and like a pre-prep phase where essentially, sorry? Just to flush out. Yeah, so you're trying to minimize as much fatigue as possible. So you're going to pull training down. If drugs are super high, you might bring them down a touch. Well, you probably should bring them down a good bit um, if you want to kind of escalate up through your prep. Um Food might come back just over maintenance. Like we don't want to hit actual maintenance because there are like non-acute hypertrophic adaptations that occur. So basically like you'll still be gaining tissue like during your deload. So you want to make sure you're still just about in the surplus, maybe not as aggressive. Um, and yeah, just really getting the body fresh because it's going to be a long haul. Like 12 to 20 weeks is a pretty extensive time frame. And yes, we do want to ideally include like a deload or a diet break during that. But if condition is behind on schedule, you won't have that opportunity. You know what I mean? You won't be able to take a week off dieting where you're bringing things back up to maintenance. You're not going to be able to take a week off training and cardio. You know what I mean? So maybe you might take the week of training out. You might pull cardio down like 20%. But again, that maintenance phase is really, really important. Not just like from the physiological standpoint that I've talked about there, but like psychologically as well. So Alex mentioned the structure that we get as well during our prep. Yeah. That should be ingrained in that maintenance phase. You know what I mean? It's like you're now getting familiar, you're getting into routine, you're getting everything nailed down so that once prep officially starts, really the only thing that changes is like calorie balance initially. So yeah, that's kind of like the physiological and psychological importance of a maintenance phase. Um, and yeah, just kind of getting yourself ready for the, the long road ahead. Alex, are you there? <laughs> Is your inside a bit jump, jumpy? Okay, we've lost Alex. Let me pause this temporarily. Hello? Yes. Why is it working now? It froze, mate. Okay, is it still recording? I thought I clicked pause. It's being recording now. Okay, right. <laughs> I went to click pause and then it just kind of cancelled and jumped out. So, um, yeah, that's shitty. Anyway, um, we were talking about the importance of maintenance phase, blah, blah, blah. Psychologically, should you prep? What are the yeah. questions you're asking people before prep? I think the, the, the biggest thing for me is do you have the capacity to get there? And I think that people don't really realize how fucking difficult prep is. And they just think it's just, oh, I'm dieting. 
it's not. <laughs> you're pushing yourself. If you listen, if you can't train to failure, yeah, let's look at it like that. If you can't train to fucking failure, you ain't ever gonna finish prep. It's kind of it's kind of one of those things. It's like you're pushing your body to fucking limits that it never wants to go to in order to get that four percent body fat. You know, in order to get absolutely fucking skin peeled, you have to be mentally ready to do that. And I have a client who's been in a couple of months. And he's like, I literally can't wait to prep. And I think that is the best mindset for a client to message me being like, I'm ready now. And it's yeah. like, I've pushed I pushed him so hard in his off season. He's accrued so much tissue. He's accrued, he's changed his physique completely. And he's now to the point where he's completely uncomfortable in off season. And that's fantastic. Like, that's where I want you to be. I want you to be at that point of discomfort to be like, okay, I'm fucking ready now. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm fucking desperate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. to be like i'm ready to diet in you need to have all your finances in a row you need to have you need to have support you need to have everything mapped out you need to know what shows you're doing when you're going to get there how you're going to get there what your accommodation is going to be have you got your stage uh your, your town booked have you got registration done etc anything that's going to limit any kind of element of stress it needs to be done yeah you know yeah. as soon as you possibly can do as early as you possibly can do um in order to kind of alleviate any kind of stressor if that makes sense yeah because there will be like a shit ton of like psychological stress to accompany that large physiological stress from extended dieting you know what i mean so that's going to accumulate over time throughout the diet itself so you want to make sure that like right you're fresh you have the support network needed that you understand like the sacrifices that it takes to get there and one of the important things like again when we talk about even like on our first episode we're talking about like knowing the clients in front of you like asking the question of where else have you succeeded like what else have you done well show me another time that you've committed your life for whatever it is like those 14 to 20 odd weeks you know what i mean and like are you are you capable and are you willing to make those sacrifices in terms of social inclusion and interaction to an extent? Again, I think that's something we talked about in the first episode, but we might touch on again. Um, are you willing to go that long without your free meal, without your cheat meal? Um, are you ready to prep all your meals during that time frame? Not go on holidays or again, like that's maybe something someone more experienced can do and managed very comfortably um but for the most for the most part like it's, it's something that most people just kind of cut out straight away and yeah. to be honest, it's probably a need most like if you can't handle that stress or you can't manage these moving goalposts when you're traveling on prep then you probably shouldn't do it yeah but if i tried to do that i'd fucking fall apart and like i i would say i'd say i'm pretty clued in with what exactly it is that i need to do yeah, yeah. For, me, for me personally it's like i need that structure I need, I need to know what I'm doing. I need to wake up in the morning, go and do my cardio, come back, do what I need to do, go and do clients, come back, check-ins, et cetera, et cetera. Then I'm done for the day and I've got me time. You know, I need to find out when I'm training, what I'm training, how I'm doing it. Everything has to be at the same time every single day. And anything, anything out of that, it kind of like, it completely fucks your day. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's true. And it's, again, it's context dependent for the personality type, for the individual. Yeah. Like, so maybe I'm wrong to characterize as more experienced individuals can do that because clearly Alex can't. But like, like it's just perfect, <laughs> you know what I mean? So some people can can manage that very, very well. Like you see pros like 
Olympia pros who like travel during their prep, you know what I mean? Because they're doing other shows here and there, they're doing like paid guest spots and all this shit. Like, so they have to manage that. And other people as well might be able to do it pretty, pretty easily. Like you can go on holidays. If you're going somewhere sunny, you get somewhere with a kitchen, like, or if you're traveling for work, you just make sure to get somewhere that has like a kitchen. You can still prep your own food or you have that kind of pre-planned and you know, right, what are my meals when I'm traveling? But yeah, um, it takes a very, a very calm and very balanced individual to do that. I'm not sure how successfully I could. Like I've done it a little bit at the start of prep, but mm. like it was it would have been like one or two nights away. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're kind of having your meals prepped and, and so on. Um, well, maybe even in in between shows. Yeah. Um, if you've got like, for example, a month in between shows, like that ability to kind of like have a couple of days, week downtime post show. Yeah, okay, that's possibly the best time that you're going to have to go and do things without having to have a huge amount of structure. Yeah. Um, I know I did. I know I was quite flexible in terms of <laughs> nutrition during that time. Um, but obviously, we've had that conversation before with my drug dealer scales going out to dinner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, it's, it's going to be context-dependent of like where you are within that prep and how ready you are or how ready you're not. So again, just, just considerations that we want to go into, but we'll go into them afterward. Um, but yeah, like on the topic of like, should you prep again? Like, have you got enough muscle tissue? Are you psychologically capable? Are you willing to commit X, Y, and Z finances? So, or just costs in general. So we can talk about like that social cost of like potential social withdrawal and then the financial cost as well. We're not going to throw a shit ton of numbers at people, but just understand that it is more expensive than what you may think. So I did that post a couple of months ago, didn't I? Um, yeah. Where if you factor everything in, so for example, an entry free registration, town photos, hotels, traveling, parking, supplements, assistance and support, coaching, posing coaching, bloods, gym membership, post show meal, post show treats, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's it just this is just for example one month for one show. It was like two and a, two and a half grand. Um, if that's especially. That, that is kind of like show month, as you said, John. It's just not always going to be that much, but like even at no. that, you'll have like your coach's fee. You're, you should probably be doing pose and coaching before a month out. You know what I mean? You should probably do that early on. <laughs> um, I see a lot of people panicking because there's this weird thing as well where like when you're on prep, yes, you're so focused about your body, but because I found this myself, because you know you're not ready, you probably don't want to pose that much. But it's it's a necessity, you know what I mean? You don't want to look at yourself when you know you're not stage ready, hitting stage shots. But mm. it needs must, you know what I mean? You need to do I, it. I was, um, off season. I was the opposite. Like I was, I panicked as soon as Callum told me I was, I was going to be competing. So he, he, back in like October of 2020, he was yeah. like, oh, we're going to potentially do July. And I was like, oh, fuck. So then I literally, the next day was on <laughs> booking posing sessions. And mate, honestly, I'm so glad I did because I have to, I had two left feet, not anymore. I'm good now. And it's like uh, the, 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 the people that come to me for posing now when I do my posing sessions, it's like the males are notorious for keeping it fine on the line <laughs> it's like they they're just like oh, i'll leave it to the last minute and then they come and see me and it's just like oh shit i didn't realize 
how how much is actually required. It's like different federations have different amount of poses, yeah. um, depending on on what you do, especially well, especially for men's physique. I don't know about uh, about for you lot. Um, like the poses will be the same. I suppose it's just on the day, if it's a competitive class, like you've seen at the FedEx show, like they'll make you do rounds. Like you're yeah. going to be holding those poses. You're going to be yeah. places. Like we were up there for a good while. And that time goes pretty fucking slow when you have to hold in a comparison line and you're hitting your mandatories, you're hitting your quarter turns. So building that pose of endurance as well is something that's really, really important. And yeah, like it's just something that we we can't really just ignore or step over. So, um, yeah, Alec is very good, and again, just a shameless plug. He has a, a physique workshop, a posing workshop coming up in August. Was it? Yeah, it's in August. Yeah, um, still, still, trying find, still trying to finalize a venue. Okay. I was down on one already, so I'm just like, let's try and find another one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyone. Shameless plug again, men's physique. Uh, get your ass down here to Manchester. <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. So, social and financial cost wrapped up. How does the actual prep look on a timeline perspective? Like this is again, it's context dependent on the level of condition that you're pushing for, and then also your start point, and then based off maybe off previous dieting phases like what kind of rate of loss have you seen in other fat loss phases so kind of having some previous data collection and again like working with your coach for an extended period of time letting them see you go through a gaining phase letting them see your capacity to diet will then give them a good idea of how long you need for prep itself Mm -hmm. so i think as well it depends on if you're assisted or not as well okay that's not (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that isn't work. Alex, that's a no-brainer. Well. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's like um, for 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 people who don't know, if you're if you're a natural athlete and then trying to hold on to tissue, the last thing you want to be doing is overly aggressive and be too early, too soon. Um, I always like to get people about two weeks out and be ready. Um, and then we can kind of like wash off mate, wash off fatigue and then kind of like get them get them ready for show uh, and in the best possible position. Um, yeah, but the last thing you want to be doing is too aggressive and kind of just <laughs> come in all stringy and shit. <laughs> yeah, because it, it does show and it's, it's a difficult yeah. concept for people to grasp, but like a fatigued physique on stage is pretty fucking noticeable like to the judges as well like you can see it like fullness might not be there and um, might still be some water retention for that high cortisol level um their poses like they're struggling to kind of hit and hold their poses yeah. and yeah it is pretty fucking noticeable so you can pretty much tell straight away who's been able to kind of pull back and like ease into the show which is always the goal but again it's it's where you're currently at so i think we should go into that topic now of like just for anecdata, for an anecdotal insight into where I was, for my first show, we didn't do any peak because it was still fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I ended up still winning, but like, there was still body fat to come off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, that was when it was in the junior class and it was obviously lower standard and less people. Um, but yeah, like if there's still body fat to come off, you're not going to be able to fill up and like dry out. People expect this magic from peak week. It's like, yeah, it, it'll bring you up 5% if you do it well, but if you do it wrong or if you shouldn't have done it, then it's going to knock 10% off. You. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's like you you can't dry out fat. <laughs> like no. <laughs> no. Is it like as much peak max or fucking uh, eight, 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 whatever you want diet I whatever you want? That's, that's not gonna dry anything out. <laughs> like. Yeah. Fat is fat, you know what I mean? So you have yeah. to pull the fat off and then you can preferentially move that additional food toward glycogen into the muscle cells and bring a fuller look. Um, and then if you do want to try and pull off some fluid, there are some manipulations that we can do over a short time frame. Um, but again, that kind of gets a little bit murky, a little bit risky when we're looking at kind of back-to-back shows. Um, yeah. So yeah, with that, like we dieted straight through, like the only peak that we done, like, that whole week leading up to the first show, like, I, think, I think we've done like 18 days on protein sparing modified fast. So it was like 250 grams of protein, like trace veg, sorry, not trace veg, trace carbs, trace fats. Like just each meal was 50 grams of protein and like 200 grams of green veg, 90 minutes of cardio. And like that was that was it you know what I mean like you were still training and then the tr- I think we done like a slow taper from four or five days out where we pulled it down to f- only 45 minutes and then I think two days out we pulled cardio and then that was it you know what I mean so nothing else changed it was simply just to get some experience on stage get some stage presence get some get a feel for it again obviously I'd done it before but it was years ago so Again, just kind of get comfortable on stage and go through your routine and, and see what you can bring. And then obviously, then a few weeks after, we were ready. We were able to push in a little bit more food or a good bit more food. We were able to make these water manipulations and again, bring a much improved look to the physique itself. So again, we can't just say like, oh, this is your protocol. This is the blueprint for a peak. It's like, right, who's the individual in front of them? Where are they at in terms of, phys- of fatigue? where they at in terms of glycogen, where they at in terms of fat mass. Um, and then what can we do in a short time frame that won't detriment the other? Mm. So, yeah. yeah. I think the last the last thing you want to be doing is making any mad decisions or rash decisions that are going to ultimately fuck up someone's physique, ultimately. Uh, but if you're not ready, you're not ready. Like, it, it's that simple. That means you've got to kind of push through. In comparison to, like, looking at myself again like i think the most cardio i did was at the beginning of my prep um it was like 40 minutes and then for the most part it was at literally like 20 minutes a day um i think my food was still at like 2600 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that biological inter-individuality and like obviously then starting point you were a lot less fat than me <laughs> just how some people have like stubborn physiology you know what i mean like if someone's going to be a little bit resistant yes we can say like the kiko model calories in calories out is all that matters but there is going to be people who have a little bit more kind of um bite back with that like it's 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 a little bit more resistant so you just need to push them harder and like if that's you i'm sorry but like that's you you know what i mean you can't change that you can't pick your parents like clearly i would have chose alex to be my dad (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? but unfortunately my dad isn't like that he has <laughs> so i got the short end of the straw there um but it's it, that's kind of like the individualization though it's like you can't make two plans exactly the same for a peak like it would be completely fucking wrong to do that for example and it's just uh yeah anyone that does do that stop it <laughs> Like I had a guy starting prep like three or four weeks ago, um, and he said, "Right, 
how high are we going to push drugs? Like, how, how far are we going to go with cardio? I'm like, if any other coach told you that straight out the gate, like, get them gone. You know what I mean? Because they just have a blueprint and it's copy paste and this is for you because this worked for this other person. Mm. So that's probably something we should mitigate as soon as possible. So question those questions. Um, yeah. So what other issues arise during prep? Like inevitably something. You know what I mean, you're not going to have a smooth prep. And that's something that like I expect with every single person, with myself. And I say that from the get-go, I'm like, you need to be able to manage something going wrong here. Yeah. You have to be able to be adaptable. Like, your response to the stressor needs to be more important than the stressor itself. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a myriad of things that can go wrong, for example, like relationship breakups, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And in some respects, like, something I went through and it's it like a... It's a, it's a good thing but also it's kind of like a, a bad thing because it fucks you up at the same time because you lost your support network um in some respects so it's it's like how do you deal with that and it's kind of like immersing yourself into that situation even more to make sure you kind of like just continue and just don't and, and don't don't let it phase you yeah so then for myself i had my girlfriend slip the disc in her back she's in a fucking wheelchair like i was mm. in the hospital like bringing meals picking her out of the bed, you know what I mean? Like putting her into a wheelchair. And it's like, you still just have to do what's required. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you expect that. But then that like situation there is, I was also pretty, not that I was happy about the situation, but like it gives you context. It shows you like, right, it's only prep. You know what I mean? Like you're literally looking at your other half in a wheelchair. You're just dieting. You're just doing a bit of cardio. You're mm -hmm. eating less food and you're moving more. Like, think about things on the grand grand scheme you know what i mean so like mm. that one there is is a pretty valid and, and useful one a valuable like bit of context another client who i had like was getting his kitchen done everything went wrong and again that's something you should expect when you're getting like kitchen renovations everything yeah. will go wrong we're like basically the whole thing got delayed from about four weeks out he was prepping using just a microwave and an air fryer in the spare bedroom and then the fucking air fryer broke, blah, blah, blah. You have children going into hospital. You have issues with pets. You like, you know what I mean? Like, that's life. Life won't pause itself and all of the inevitable stressors that come just because you're eating less food. Well, I, I had the opposite in, <laughs> in prep. So I used to buy my rice from Tesco. And I, I mean, prep, I was meticulous. Scan the bag, weigh the rice sweet so it's like 150 grams of uh, of rice um pre-cooked done anyway i changed my rice to aldi and aldi's bag is 150 grams wet so like cooked okay so i didn't realize that so i was still weighing out different amounts and it was basically equating to like literally a five six hundred calorie difference and i did this i was about two weeks out and I was eating probably about each meal, probably each day I was probably about 1,200 calories over. <laughs> How did you not notice the difference in food volume? Mate, I was in prep. I was fucking happy as shit. I was like, this is men. All I knew was my fitness power was spot on. And like in, in my head. <laughs> nah, mate. So people listen, double check your shit because my fitness yeah, but that's the lesson that I learned. 
that's the lesson that I fucking learned. It's like each packet says something fucking different on it. And it's like double check your shit. And I was like, I was two weeks out and I was at the gym and the guy says to me, he's like, Alex, you look really fucking full for two weeks out. And I was like, nah, man, it's just like, it's what Callum's told me to do. And, I, and then I was like, I, I thought in my head, I was like, what the fuck have you been doing? And I was like, yeah, I feel full. I felt thick. I was vascular as fuck. And I was like, I'm two weeks out. What the fuck? So I went home and I realized that the rice was wrong. And I was like, you fucking idiot. And it was like, it was the fucking most stressful thing. And I was like, oh my God, do I tell Callum? Do I do anything? I didn't tell Callum. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's like that's that stress of like, I've got to fuck up my show. I'm going to fuck up this. Everything's going to be fucked. I'm not going to win. Da, 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 da. Everything kind of like goes ahead of you. And it's um, double checking and just being precise is like, that is a lesson that I have learned and I will never fuck up on again, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, double check your shit. My fitness pal is essentially like Wikipedia where you can literally go in, scan a barcode. If it isn't registered, you can register and put in whatever macros you want. Unfortunately, you have people who put macros in wrong, um, whether that be intentionally, unintentionally, they might put in cooked and raw weight one. Double check your shit and yeah. Yeah, don't don't do it, Alexon. <laughs> and if you do, if you do, tell your coach. <laughs> yeah, luckily, yes. luckily, Alex was still peeled and he was still on track. <laughs> and, like Callum was able to assess the physique and make those adjustments. But yes. yeah, um, just know your shit inside out, please. Yeah. Um, so yeah, did you have any weird meal ideas? Yeah, man. I towards the end of prep, I was having chicken with a fried chicken with a fried egg on a rice cracker. Um, that was good. Okay, that's not too bad because like you have people who get like really fucking weird with shit, and hunger is going to be an inevitable stat like part of the process. And if you're doing like we can do our best with manipulating our food intake, or uh, like food choices, blah blah blah. You can manipulate those to mitigate or reduce hunger, but you're not going to alleviate that. So we need to accept hunger. And I think once you kind of get overly creative, you see people using a lot of like fucking xanthan gum, bacon powder, or whatever for like volume, texture, um, an excessive amount of those and an excessive amount of sweeteners and zero calorie syrups and stuff. Like some is fine. If you're going over that threshold where it's causing you like discomfort, you should probably pull that back. I, um, I didn't even bother with any of that. Like for me, all I did was just increase fiber and just vegetable. Like I was literally eating a whole broccoli per meal. Um, yeah. And just getting creative with broccoli because if you air fry broccoli, it's delicious. Yeah, I'm still doing that now. I love hey, it. Yeah. With some lemon. Mm. Oh, I'm using um, like the American bacon cheddar seasoning. But again, it's oh. like you're not going to use a shit ton of it. You know what I mean? You need to kind of keep that, keep that in line. Um, but I think I think increasing your your volume of food and switching your foods out is the the most important thing that you can potentially do. Uh, yeah. The last thing you want to be doing is just having absolute minimal volume and like no. Yeah, like if you're going from two hundred gram servings of cream of rice because you're on one hundred and seventy gram carb post workout, then your cream of rice your post workout carbs are pulled to fifty. Like 70 grams of cream rice is gonna feel shit. You know what I mean? You're gonna feel hungry. Like you're gonna you're probably gonna make that switch to actual rice, then maybe brown rice, and then maybe potatoes. Yeah. And like 
by the end of it, prep for me anyway, like I'm showing my fucking true colors here as an Irish man, but like all my carbs were spuds or potatoes, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, it, it's just thinking about that volume and what is going to provide the most satiety here yeah. within that same calorie and macro goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, just when you're looking at like increasing your veg and stuff, just look at your fiber intake. You don't need to get over analytical with it, but again, if it's causing discomfort, like just make sure that you're not bastardizing that, that you're not like using excessive, excessive amounts. But you'll be surprised how much you can actually tolerate. Um, but it's just important to work up to that because fiber works on like a dose response relationship. Yeah. You can go from 30 grams of fiber to 50 over two or three weeks, like pretty easily. If you try to do that in two or three days, you're going to have cramps, you're going to have stomach issues. So just try to keep that pretty standardized. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty much like prep, like except hunger, except that's going to be like an inevitable outcome um, and part of the process. Um, don't get too too into like trying to alleviate it. Um, cognac noodles, cognac rice, you know, like these zero calorie ones. Yeah. Bit of it. They have really high in fiber. Yeah. The, the zero cal noodles. Like I had a I had a friend. He was like, Alex, I'm so constipated. And I was like, What have you been eating? He was like, These zero calorie noodles. I literally haven't shat for days. And I was like, Maybe stop eating them then. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I remember I bought them at like six weeks out and they didn't really appeal to me. And I ended up using like a half packet at two weeks out and the other half the next day. Like, but it was, you know what I mean? I'd rather just get some veg in there. You're still getting some more with some micronutrients. Um, yeah. So that's essentially the prep itself. Peaking, we can talk about briefly. It's like, and we have done, it's like just trying to bring your best look if you are fat free. And the way we do that is like, you can either move up intramuscular, uh, intramuscular triglycerides, fat loading, um, which will also increase your carbohydrate sensitivity. So then we can move in carbohydrates subsequently to that, um, which is going to be the vast majority of your glycogen, which is also going to pull water into the cell. It's going to pull it intracellular, but also extracellular. You can potentially mitigate or reduce extracellular fluid over a short time frame. We're not we're not going to use diuretics because it's a very bad outcome on the back end of that in terms of like kidney health as well. Um, and kind of like the sodium rebound, but yeah, there's a few kind of things that we can go in there, but again, it's, it's a dose response relationship. It's for each individual. So you collect data, you do it over time and, um, and yeah, assess the physique. I, I think, I, I think realistically, you know, if you're going to be ready a couple of weeks out, mm um you should know pretty much straight away i've yeah. got a natural guy competing in july and he's well on track yeah i know what you're talking about the junior yeah the junior but the, the annoying thing is wmbf don't have juniors uh junior category no no so i'm we're gonna find him a couple of other things to do and he's uh he's like oh, i'm natural like if i do pca i'll just get blitzed out of the water so have you fucking seen yourself I was like, wait, you look sick. I was like, it doesn't make a difference. And everyone else is junior. It's like, you will literally wipe the floor. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those. Things. Yeah. It's also like prep is, is putting yourself in the right show that's going to get you to what it is that you want to do. It, you know, it, it, there's going to be some shows that suit individuals and then other shows that just don't. Um, and you just won't be what the judges are looking for. And I think that's 
something as a coach, it's just like, okay, well, what's this federation? What do they usually look at for in terms of winners and overalls, et cetera? It's like, and then place your clients into that category. For example, like uh, FitX, um, when we went to go and see it, and you, the one you were doing the other day, um, like the guys that were winning men's physique wouldn't be guys that are winning men's physique in two bros, for example, because yeah. they like a smaller structure. And the guy, some of the guys, they um, they said they were going to put them into open bodybuilding. And I was yeah. like, what the <laughs> Imagine, imagine I walked in. <laughs> I was chatting with Joe about this. He mentioned like the FedEx criteria is pretty heavily biased toward condition. Like that's a large part of their structure. Um, whereas I think PCA might be... I suppose a little bit more towards kind of like structure and flow to physique and like I suppose maybe your your posing symmetry ratios, like all these buzzwords that people throw out, but like basically just on first glance, how is the physique? Like is it appealing to the present? Um so yeah, that's you're gonna have differences there, but then also there could be different judges on the day. But look, who knows? Bodybuilding itself is a very subjective sport. So this yeah. is again what I will say potentially dabble your feet in, do a photo shoot prep if you can do so beforehand. Yeah. Um, because again, like it's it's an achievement and that's what, like, that's why you're doing a contest prep. That's why you're doing a photo shoot. It's some external metric or, yeah, an external metric or a goal to work towards that you're going to value your work capacity towards. And you want some form of something to, to keep from it, you know what I mean? So, a, a feeling not to place all of your self-worth on your condition, but, like, it's, there are positives to come from it, you know what I mean? Like, you see the the benefits you get from social interaction, you see the X, Y, and Z, you know what I mean? Like, it does, it adds to your life. Like, bodybuilding shouldn't be your life, but it should add to it. And I think coming into a contest or a photo shoot is, is kind of like a pinnacle of that, you know what I mean? It's like, you're going to get the most benefit from it. Yeah, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to enjoy the process yeah. because if you just go through it and you get the outcome, what happens if you place fifth and you just be like, well, that was fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you get absolutely nothing from it. And even if you, even if you come first, it's like after the fact that you actually realize and you have that realization that you did really well. And I, I think one thing to touch on quickly is looking at yourself and not comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. And it, that it's that and don't give a shit about anyone else. This is your journey. It's you going against you. It's you pushing yourself. Don't worry about anyone else because is they, as you just said and touched on it, as judges, and that's their job. Yeah. And you'll see people like at a few weeks out there looking at everyone else's Instagram and trying to make comparisons. You don't know how big someone is in person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You no. don't know how peeled there. There's there's light and there's so many other differences that like you can't make like for like comparisons until you're on stage and keep that for the stage and let the judges make that decision. Like you're, you're making comparisons of yourself throughout your prep. Um, I tell people to kind of like diarize and, and take notes of their thoughts, their emotions and so on during the prep. And I think that's just a really, really valuable tool. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, we will talk about like the post-show phase on a separate podcast, as mentioned. And um, yeah, that's us. So thanks again for listening, guys. And we will speak to you soon. Peace out.